As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back to the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily Elizabeth and I am your host. Today's episode is a solo one and something that is relevant to a practice I have been implementing in my life as of recent months and has been so helpful for me that I found it necessary to, at the very least, share this with my listeners, you guys. And I will add as well, I actually had a conversation with a podcast listener recently or semi-recently, someone that I have actually met in person here in New York through a little podcast community get-together, which by the way, for those of you who live in the New York area, surrounding area, I tried to do get-togethers as often as I can um, as of the past like six, seven months. It hasn't been active, but especially this coming winter and spring, I definitely want to get it going in a better flow and something I aspire to establish something like almost once a month or once every six weeks where it's a group of girls who get together, we go to dinner or brunch and just have mindful conversations. In past times, it was a little bit more of getting together and just having a community of people connected through this podcast but i want to take it one step forward and really connect with one another on the practices that we do in our life to live more mindfully and to just of course overall boost our mental health so if you are interested in coming to the next one which ideally will be this december 2022 we're talking here um definitely reach out on the what fulfills you instagram and of course follow the podcast instagram because i do post polls and just info on the instagram stories so if you're not following it's going to be easy to miss so anyways where i was going with that is i had a recent conversation over instagram dm with a pod listener she's probably listening right now and um it was just about uh, I think I was mentioning how I was going through a bit of a rut, a mental block, and it sounds like quite a few people have been as well uh, as, you know, as I speak around October, November 2022. 
And we got into a discussion of, for at least for her, kind of what has been bringing that up. And it sounded like it was a lot of trivial things around dating. And for me, most of the time, it often happens to be relationships, like interpersonal relationships that affect me the most. Whereas work and career and and other things, uh, those don't really impact me as much, especially when they're going up and down because I tend to have a better way of controlling the way it affects me so we kind of chatted about her little dating scenario and why that has been so emotionally and or mentally difficult and then I brought up my new perspective uh, from reading into mindfulness from Tit Nhat Han, and I mentioned to her how something I've been doing which I will dive into here but in general which is to have compassion for people. So in her case, it was, uh, if I recall correctly, something about maybe guys weren't uh, stepping up in the right way, or maybe they, you know, weren't texting in the way that she wanted or needed, and just was not really being high level that could meet her needs, right? And it's easy to be frustrated and annoyed at these guys, because I think uh, there is definitely a little bit of a I guess we could call it interesting dating game or dating culture in today's society, particularly America. I can't speak outside of where I live, but here in the U.S. And I mentioned, you know, try having compassion for those guys in a way where you recognize that they are also just a human being learning as they go and they simply just don't know any better right so when I when I mentioned that to her she said that it really helped her reframe the situation and she I guess you know had a pleasant outcome from our little Instagram DM but that is actually part of what inspired me to go oh shit maybe I should share some of this from what I've been learning on to this episode because it is a huge implementation I have implemented in over the past few months. I mean, if you know me in personal life and maybe from the way I speak on this podcast, I can be a bit rigid at times and and very like orderly and business conductive and and whatnot and um, sometimes even hold people to a high standard that I hold myself to and that is not to say that you shouldn't have strong expectations or desires rather of what you would like in a partner or a valuable friend but I also think it's important something that I've learned is to be really mindful and careful of how soon you jump the gun in terms of assuming the worst or being angry or upset at the person or a group of people that where you you feel like you were mistreated or you feel like you're not being treated the way you deserve to be, which is very valid. But instead of pointing at, at those people saying, oh, like this wasn't working out because this guy didn't step up to the plate type of thing, instead of framing it like that try reframing it where you're like you know what I have compassion for that guy or I have compassion for that person whatever the scenario is even in friendships I have compassion for them because they simply don't know any better in this moment 
And I know this sounds even weird because I, I share this with a friend who's, who's um, I guess you could say she's very like, she thinks a little bit more black and white in a way where uh, like has expectations of people in different settings, especially work. And I tell her, you know, the truth is we are all inner children. Like we have, like we're just adult, we're, we're children in adult bodies. It's something I've heard um, many times now from different audio books or episodes I've listened to on mindfulness. And I could not resonate more with that. I mean, it is so true, right? We are, we're learning as we go. And what is interesting when you take a step back, you realize with kids, with children, and with, with our pets, like our dogs, we don't get extremely angry at them when they make a mistake or, you know, when you're training your new puppy, when they do an accident in the house. I mean, you're going to be annoyed and upset in the moment at first, but you're not necessarily mad at them because why? They didn't know any better, right? And your pushback might be, well, Emily, I mean, if I'm dealing with a 25-year-old guy or a girl and they're a fucking adult, they should know better. But think about it in your shoes, right? How many times have you made a minor or maybe major mistake where it was simply out of, you know, lack of awareness or you just didn't know how to manage yourself better in that situation at the time, right? Like think back to five years ago, you'd probably handle any conflict back then a lot different than you would today. At least I would kind of hope because at, at some point you got to grow and you learn from your own life lessons, other people's lessons they share and your own mistakes, right? So I think that's that's been huge for me because oftentimes I used to think, well, you should know better because you're a fucking adult. You should be able to address this, right? And that is not the case. And if you never had that black and white thinking, uh, kudos to you because I think that's, um, a lot of the friends that I love to surround myself with are people that that tend to have compassion, tend to, you know, able to look at it from a different lens, look at it from someone else's perspective. And that's something that I've been really trying to be better at, especially with some of the recent things I have been going through. And so I wanted to read a little bit from two books that I that I recently picked up and pretty much either finished or I'm almost finishing. And this one I'm reading from here is called The Art of Communicating from none other than Thich Nhat Hanh. And in case you don't know him, he is a, you could call a Zen master, a Buddhist monk, and he's well known for his teachings on mindfulness. And so I want to read this because as we know, a lot of times issues come up because of communication. And we might think that communication is easy. All you have to do is be honest and all these different things. But but take a look at this. So when everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. 
And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In this book, it says, Many of us suffer because our communication with other people is difficult. At work, for example, we often feel we have tried everything and there is no way to reach our colleagues. This is often true in families as well. We feel our parents, our siblings, or our children are too stuck in their ways. We think no real communication is possible. Yet, there are many ways to reconcile and to create openings for more compassionate communication. One reason we have trouble communicating with others is that we often try to communicate when we are angry. We suffer and we don't want to be alone with all that suffering. We believe that we are angry because of something others did and we want them to know it. So let me give you like a modern example, right? Like being passive aggressive. So maybe um, this is probably something I maybe did in the past or I definitely have heard people share this example where if your guy, let's just say, let's put this in romantic terms. Let's say like someone you're dating whatever nature it is, uh, let's say they take, took too long to get back to you and that really bothered you. So instead of just saying, hey, love, that, you know, again, however you would phrase it, that kind of bothered me when I didn't hear from you for X amount of time because it made me curious as to know what was going on because you usually respond sooner. Like I would have loved to maybe just hear from you or like a quick update that would have been really helpful for me to better understand, right? Like saying something like that, whereas I have seen and heard plenty of times where someone tries to one-up the other person by also taking longer to respond, okay? Nod your head right now if that sounds familiar, whether you know of your own friends that have done it or you have done it yourself, okay? We all know that's just a very passive-aggressive game and that's just a unhealthy cycle. 
But as mentioned in this book, he says, when we're angry, we aren't lucid. Acting while angry can lead to a lot of suffering and can escalate the situation, okay? So the way I observe that is, again, if you end up kind of trying to one-up another person by doing what they did to you, but making it worse or thinking that you're making it worse for them, it ends up bottling up that resentful feeling you might be feeling and then it makes it worse later on because you will probably pinpoint something really small and then kind of like blow up at them when if you addressed it earlier and of course at a time when you're more calm right not when you're in the moment if you can learn to just let them know that you know maybe it kind of bothered you or made you feel a little bit worried because usually they respond sooner and like a quick update just would ease that um, that can really prevent any kind of future escalation and this also for me reminds me of being a secure communicator and just being a securely attached person as well which we can all work towards if you're curious to know about attachment styles I highly recommend the book Attached so you might wonder, okay, what do I do with the anger or the shitty feelings that I'm feeling, right? So I've been trying this and I love it. Tit Nhat Han mentions the practice of mindful breathing because it helps us recognize our anger and treat it tenderly. So something I have learned from the practice of mindfulness is learning to treat our quote-unquote suffering so even if it's really minor even if it's just like like you're feeling ick about something or someone something annoyed you whatever observing it as like an outsider so observing those feelings and treating it tenderly like you would treat your child or treat your puppy right and I know it seems weird at first if this is really brand new to you it might feel weird to reframe a lot of those tough moments as like a tender thing to care for but you'll notice how much you really drop down to a level of like nurturing instead of like holding it in and you'll notice how much that changes the way you approach the next step and again I can speak from my personal experience had I held my tongue in certain times or had I looked at the annoyed feelings I felt as like a kid and I just gave it a hug in a way, I'm sure I would have been able to handle past situations with a lot more compassion and understanding because then I would have been more from a calmer equilibrium state. I do want to touch on a, another book that has been really helpful for me, once again, also by Tit Nhat Hanh, and the book is called No Mud, No Lotus, The Art of Transforming Suffering. So I really enjoyed this book a lot, especially uh, if, if you're going through tough times or if you ever want to learn how to reframe a difficult moment that you're going through and learn how to be better for yourself and be a better communicator be a better human being I think that's just uh, for me at the core is just being a better human being um, I love this book because I think a lot of us myself included primarily from the past may have tendencies to 
couple things. One, react in the moment. Number two, have incredible misperceptions. And number three, not listen deeply to another person or other people especially when in conversation like we tend to jump in and try to like go back and forth instead of like calmly sitting and listening to the other person and then providing our thoughts so as mentioned here on page 40 it says the most effective way to show compassion to another is to listen rather than talk you have an opportunity to practice deep, compassionate listening. In the practice of compassionate listening, you listen with only one purpose, which is to give the other person the chance to speak out and to suffer less. So the word suffering might seem a bit extreme, right? But I consider suffering, you know, very much kind of what anytime we're not feeling our greatest, like something bothers us, I'm going to categorize that in the mindful terminology he's using as the quote-unquote suffering. So anytime you feel bothered by something, think of it as, in this book, how to transform your bothering or transform your suffering, rather. And in the readings I have read, I would say one thing that really stood out to me on why a lot of people tend to suffer easily or get bothered easily is primarily around misperceptions. The reason why I believe this is, well, I mean, we have access to social media and so much to look at today that we can draw a lot of conclusions and make a full narrative out of something that has no factual evidence behind it and we didn't even have a conversation with the person or a group of people about whatever we're concluding, right? So that's why for, for me, practicing being compassionate for other people instead of holding the anger and resentment in me has been helpful because regardless, if I am bothered by something or someone and I'm angry at those people, I'm going to be the one that holds the burden. You know what I mean? And that applies to you as well. If you feel bothered by your coworker or by your friend because he or she didn't invite you to something but you know you, you but you never asked why or you didn't get the clear story or maybe the guy ghosted you whatever that case may be which by the way I've been in all kind of scenarios okay not to say that I handled everything the best way I could have in the past but now with this kind of knowledge I go huh okay I don't know the full story and therefore creating a narrative in my mind isn't going to help in fact it's it's going to likely be actually very far off and I can think of plenty of times where I had a misperception and then I got clarification around it and I'm like oof fuck like I was so off you know and so a common modern day one I hear is like people will draw conclusions based on what they see on snapchat stories instagram stories who someone is following, who someone is not, right? You guys get the gist. And again, that's actually one of the things I hate about working in a social media field because I do have a marketing agency is that I have to be on these platforms all the time and I try my best to automate, you know, my client posts and so I don't have to be on these apps all the time. And But like, it, it can be really draining. I think that's a great way to put it, draining my energy if I can notice if I pay attention to any of this so um, 
knowing that part of it is an inevitable because of my work, I work through asking myself, oh, I, I forgot as well, um, in that book, No Mud, No Lotus, he gives you a phrase to ask yourself every time, especially when you're ready to draw a conclusion. Ask yourself, but are you sure? Like, are you for sure? Like, do you know this for sure, right? And when you ask yourself like three or four times after, you you might be like, wait, 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 I, I actually don't really fully know. I'm just making up a narrative in my mind from my past experiences, from the little to whatever information I have of this person and to whatever might comfort me, right? A practice I did with an old therapist last year, she asked me a question. She said, Emily, I want you to think of this. Why is the desk the mother to the chair? I think it was something of that nature. And she's like, think as long as you want. <laughs> so I'm like, it's in there and I'm thinking and I'm like, okay, uh, I think I have an answer. And so I told her I, the, the desk is the mother because it, it stays there, whereas the chair can move around and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. That was, you know, just me being creative, right? And she goes, well, your answer is wrong because like, like, like the, like that it's not like a true thing. I mean, the, the desk is a desk, right? Like it's, it's just a fucking desk and a chair. Uh, you know, the point is that you made up a story about it, but you didn't, know what the actual truth was and I'm like okay okay I see where you're going with that so a long story short she's showing me and again perhaps to you guys as well that we are often creating a whole fucking story about something we have zero clue about we just we conclude based on our own perceptions our own past beliefs right we drag it into today because that's all we know and so for me, my best approach has been a few things. Number one, being as mindful as possible, being in the present, practicing my breathing. So I do, every time I, I step outside, I'm walking, I'm on the subway. If you ever see me in person, you might catch me doing like my, my breathe, I breathe in and then I breathe out. And then I, I do it a few times because every time I do that, I completely go focusing on my breath and then I can really get into the present and it also helps like stabilize me like if if I'm having wandering thoughts and I go and I breathe in and I breathe out for me it makes me go ah okay I'm I'm good I'm alive I'm healthy you know and, and it really brings me back to my thoughts and and maybe you're not at a place where you have much interest to like practice this or consider it but I found it interesting I heard this on Dan Harris's podcast the other day his podcast is called 10% happier if you're interested in listening and he practices and talks to a bunch of people on mindfulness and I guess you could say maybe a, a quote-unquote modern approach to Buddhism or how we apply practices of mindfulness and Buddhism into our life today and I forget who said this but but one of his guests had mentioned that the monastery will come to you or come for you one day. And what he meant by that is that at some point in life, you're going to suffer to some degree where your typical tools of what you see, what you do in life will simply be, not be adequate enough to overcome it. And you will eventually have to practice mindfulness 
and and practice these tools and I find that ironic because I'm like well I feel like that happened to me in the recent uh last half of this pa- of this year of 2022 um I feel like I really 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 tapped into mindfulness and it kind of came to me right like I really I don't even know how the fuck this happened I just I just know um you know recently I, I decided to pick up some books from Thich Nhat Hanh and I, I became very curious and it reminds me as I mentioned in a recent episode you know um, I've been having fluctuation of emotions and highs and lows as we we typically do but like considering the past two years I've been kind of cruising a bit in a really good way but I, I knew this was coming where uh, at some point I was gonna have to really kick myself in the ass and and work on personal some deeper personal growth just as I had done when I was 20 years old so precisely five years ago but at the time I was working on stoicism and I was implementing a couple things number one recognizing that I can only control myself and what's internal Number two, I don't have to be reactive to everything that I see and hear. I can really maintain my own composure. So that was a really big help in my last relationship as well as the way I navigate my life today. I feel like quite a few people I come across will tell me that I, I, I come across stoic in a way. And I, I think my my old manager at my corporate job in our interview, he said that about me. He's like, you're, you, you're very stoic. Like you don't have much... <laughs> like reactions or something and I'm like yeah like I I would describe myself as that too and and I try my best to be because I have observed in my upbringing and even my younger self when I was younger I, I definitely was a lot more reactive and I did not like that about myself and so I really worked hard to improve that and not repeat patterns that I've seen in other people but five years later here I am implementing and practicing mindfulness and learning how to breathe effectively and really observe myself and just absorb it and also I will say as I notice I've been a lot more of a loving being ever since I implemented mindfulness and I really appreciate that because Because like I said earlier, if I'm bothered or annoyed or even if it seems like these surface level emotions like because of something or someone, I hold the burden of that. Like I don't, I'm the one losing, right? Like if I don't ever communicate that to the other person or if I don't ever resolve it, I'm the one that that holds that in. So being compassionate for other people not only helps me, but it really helps the other person and, and I think collectively helps the energy as you go through your day-to-day, right? Like if you're smiling with warmth towards people, if you are doing things out of love, out of like your genuine love for community, for people, right? Regardless of who they are, what their background is, none of that shit, right? Just Just loving one another because we're humans. To me, that's been a really, really helpful practice and I can certainly say I've been around people that have such a loving vibration that makes me want to be around them more and so I hope that I can serve that kind of purpose as well as I become a better person you know over the years and as a way to ideally to help the collective whole improve in the way we are to one another because 
like it says in the book, you know, it's it's a domino effect. One person doing this, one person showing compassion, being more understanding and loving towards one another, that can be a domino effect for you and for your sibling, for your friend, the stranger next door. And I love that kind of effect because I, I'm certainly feeling it. And I hope this theme has been helpful to at least one person listening to this. If you are struggling in life right now, whatever that may be, consider looking within and asking yourself a few questions. Number one, am I being compassionate towards myself? Compassionate, another way I like to look at it is, am I, am I being understanding towards myself? And when you have that down, that's when you're able to practice being more understanding towards other people, okay? Like, we don't need to draw all these excuses as to why that person doesn't deserve our understanding, doesn't deserve our compassion, okay? Like, if we're going to play that kind of game for the rest of life, it's, it's a tough world because there's going to be plenty of times where someone could be like, well, Emily doesn't deserve that. Like, like, I don't care if someone deserves it or doesn't deserve it, but I care about what can I do today for myself and for other people to be the best human being possible. And I will end this episode on that note. And I hope you can ponder on that question. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode and this podcast in general, I would really, especially for this theme, this one was a little different than my normal, but if you enjoyed this and has been valuable in something you're personally struggling with, I do enjoy chatting with you guys in my Instagram DMs. So feel free to DM me on Insta. You can find me at the podcast Instagram at what fulfills you or my personal one at Emily E. Duong, D-U-O-N-G. And I will definitely respond to you and chat further. So don't hesitate. I love to spread the love. And one last thing, Thanksgiving is next week. So if you want to grab the what fulfills you card game, just in time for Thanksgiving for all the mindful conversations, you can grab it at whatfulfillsyou.com and keep tabs with all the new merch that is dropping because it is a lot of fun stuff for the season. So again, all the merch is available at whatfulfillsyou.com. Thanks again for listening today. I will chat with you all in the next episode. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. 
exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opre ski scene and award winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.